On behalf of the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, welcome to this eight-episode series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Our guest is Father Martin Smith. Martin is well-known throughout the Episcopal Church and beyond as a spiritual director, a retreat and workshop leader, and an author whose books exploring contemporary spirituality have gained a wide readership. His books include A Season for the Spirit, The Word is Very Near You, Love Set Free, Compass and Stars, and Reconciliation. We hope that you will find each episode in this series thought-provoking in this time of uncertainty and a stimulus to prayer and conversation. Share this podcast with your friends and your faith community and explore with them different facets of hope as a gift of God, the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the sixth episode in our series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Our theme today is Becoming Agents of God's Hopefulness. I hope our reflections so far have helped to make it clear how unthinkable it should be to imagine the Spirit's gift of hope as a private possession. Where the Holy Spirit gives hope, we would not dream of saying to ourselves, I am encouraged for my own personal situation or the prospects of my family and inner circle. What counts is that I am comforted. The Spirit arouses our sense of connectedness through expanding empathy. We are all in this together. God-given hope is for each other and for all. Since our hope lies in God's undeterred weaving and reweaving of koinonia, communion. Today we take this reflection even further by recalling that hope is a vocation, a calling and a ministry. The Spirit does not merely reassure. The Spirit empowers and sends. We can embrace hope only if we are willing to become active agents of hope, ministers of encouragement. John's Gospel gives us the pregnant scene where the risen Christ appears to his disciples in the upper room and breathes on them saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, I send you. In the strange paradox of ministry, we can only truly be filled with love if we pass it on. We can take courage to heart only if we practice encouraging others. Here Jesus' teaching about giving has special force. Give, and it will be given to you. Luke 6.38 And Paul reminds us that our passing on of encouragement to others does not necessarily come from a sense of having arrived ourselves, as if we have a surplus of hope to spare. Rather, our ministry of encouragement may come from a place where we feel that our own hopefulness is precarious. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6.10, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. There is a teaching of a Jewish sage, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polnoy, that is very relevant. Simon Tugwell tells us that the rabbi 
taught that there is a constant outpouring from heaven which will become effective in the world whenever there is somebody prepared to serve as a channel for it. The one who offers himself as a channel seems to link heaven and earth, but if he who receives shafar, the heavenly outpouring, does not hand it over to others, it will be cut off from him as well. John's Gospel gives the title of paraclete to the Holy Spirit, a rich expression that encompasses encouragement, paraclesis, and advocacy, dedication to standing with someone in need and using one's energy on their behalf to help make things right for them. Jesus calls the Spirit another advocate because he himself was the God-sent advocate for the forgotten and powerless. And as the Spirit dwells in us, we become in our turn co-advocates and co-encouragers of those deprived of respect, cheated by injustice or pushed to the margins. The Scriptures uses the term sunergoi, co-workers and collaborators in this work of witness, encouragement and advocacy. Let's reflect for a few moments on some of the keynotes of this ministry of advocacy living on behalf of the vulnerable. First, let's consider advocacy for truth. The spirit encourager is described in John's Gospel as the spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth. This act of witness to truth is controversial and courageous because the powers that be only survive by distorting and repressing truth. Pilate is represented with biting irony as someone who really doesn't know or care what truth even means. What is truth? It is a foreign concept to him. We see glaring examples, don't we, of this contempt for truth among those who currently exercise political power and cultural influence in our own troubled nation and elsewhere. The Ministry of Hope is a courageous witness for truth because it demands that we speak up for what God hopes for and we speak up to expose the futility and folly of pinning our hopes on practices of violence, coercive power, money and structures of privilege. Hope demands the exercise of judgment, exposing the contrast between what is hopeful because it is life-affirming and creative and what is hopeless because it is corrosive and toxic and delusional. Hope only thrives when we can see at last how stark the contrast is between what Paul terms the fruits of the Spirit as opposed to the works of the flesh. The fearless honesty of St. John's Gospel about the Spirit's work of bringing truth to bear on human society makes the ministry of hopefulness necessarily a ministry of judgment, an expression that many would find a very provocative oxymoron. 
When the advocate comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, says Jesus at the Last Supper, John 16, 8. And when he breathes the Spirit into the apostles gathered in the upper room on the first day of the week, he empowers them on the one hand to convey God's mercy to those who are open to conversion, and on the other to insist adamantly that those who profit by keeping injustices going remain unforgiven. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John twenty twenty three. And our second theme is the vocation of advocacy. Finding hope by encouraging and taking up the cause of those who have been robbed of hope. In this period of turmoil, a lot of people are awakening to their vocation of advocacy. For example, men and women of colour who have been cheated of their hopes, silenced and discounted, are rising up to insist on justice. Some react in horrified defensiveness of the status quo. But others find themselves urgently impelled to cross over, to stand by the side of those who are breaking the silence imposed on them. There are fresh currents of solidarity, fresh impulses of alliance. I myself, who live fairly close to the frontier of racial politics, because I live in an interracial marriage, my husband is black, can really sense the spirit in the air, just where passions are raw, and it is taking the solvent of chaos to break down massive lies that our society has been spinning for generations. The day of Pentecost revealed the spirit as a gale-force wind. It is not always the season for the still small voice. And I must mention some wonderful advocacy initiatives in the Diocese of Maine currently, which are offering the encouragement of practical help to those whose livelihoods are being undermined by the pandemic. Finally, did you know that the Greek word diakonia comes from the word for dust? A diakonos is a servant who trudges through the dust. Service is literally a down-to-earth life. And the Latin word minister comes from minis, meaning little. Big matters were handled by a magister, from the word for big. Ministry usually consists of many little opportunities, often hidden from sight. We often shy away from calling ourselves ministers because we feel rather minor players in the game of life. But all sorts of opportunities of our encouragement are within the reach of us all. And the spirit is at work where the scale is truly small. Please join me next week for the seventh in our series of podcasts. This time we will be listening to extracts in translation from the poetry of Charles Pigui, 
a journalist and poet who died in the opening weeks of World War I. I will enjoy introducing you to wonderful extracts from his great poem, Portal of the Mystery of Hope. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine.